Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293, family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Well, Trey, you're normally on at 4.30 on Monday. Are you feeling kind of lonely and locked out of practice tonight? I'm okay about it. <laughs> I kind of saw it coming. Yeah, yeah, it's cold outside. I don't know if you guys noticed. but uh, uh, Yes, we noticed, right. yes. Certainly have. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of expected it with the changes that they're doing to the offense and, uh, you know, getting rid of 30% of the playbook. Let's just hope it's – when they said 30% of the playbook, I just immediately thought of Chad Morris's 30% install. So hopefully it's that that kind of stuff <laughs> that's in the playbook that they're getting rid of. Um, and, you know, the talk with Rocket Sanders being back, you know, Sam Pittman's a very honest guy, but when it comes to injuries, no coach is really totally honest. So, um, you know, what does back out there really mean? Is he going to play Saturday? Uh, is he just out there at practice, warming up, or what? So, um, you know, there's probably a few secrets that they'd like to keep and certainly can't blame him this week. With so much on the line and, um, you know, kind of keep kind of shut everything out and, and keep it to yourselves uh, kind of week because this is uh, it's an important month for Arkansas and Sam Pittman. Well, you just kind of alluded to it. And you said you don't know what it means, but are you shocked that Rocket Sanders is even back at practice? Yeah, I, I'm surprised based on you know just reading between the lines of how um you know sam Pittman spoke about the situation and you know rocket being out and then you know there's talks of you know he missed an autograph signing and then he's in you know texas rehabbing and uh you know all that stuff it just it just sounded very much like um you know he's out of the mix and uh who could blame him really with the way arkansas season has gone and you know his pro prospects on the line and wanting to get healthy and stuff so uh, you know, it would be hard to blame him. So, um, yeah, surprising, I guess, would be accurate uh, that, that he would possibly be back out there. Again, you know, maybe he set this as a target date for him to get back out there after the bye week with Florida on the horizon, his home state. There's not a lot of Arkansas players from the state of Florida on this roster, uh, but he's certainly one of them and is a big piece, and maybe that's another motivating factor for him to get back out there. So we'll see. We'll see how much of an impact he could possibly make, and, uh, yeah, we'll we'll just have to wait. Are there others who have been sidelined at practice? Others have been sidelined, Trey, expected back? Yeah. Yeah, I was a little surprised on, uh, you know, how he was talking about Dwight McLaughlin, um not playing against Mississippi State just because they, you know, he's not starting for him. Um, because I saw him, Mississippi State, going through warm-ups and taking contact. And if you've got concussion issues still, you may, you may dress out, but you don't go through contact. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, he's, he's ready to go. And then, you know, the way Pittman talked about him today, he, he could have played and he was fine. He's just not starting. So it's not like the defense was playing poorly or anything. Um, they played exceptionally well without him. Uh, but uh, I was a little surprised to hear that. And, you know, uh, hopefully Devon Manuel has gotten to a point where he's they feel comfortable with, you know, putting him out there more because uh, he is a better option for them at offensive tackle. But he said both of those guys will play him and, and Shambly, uh, who I believe Shambly had a bit of a back against uh, – mm-hmm. 
against Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think those are pretty much the key injuries as far as, you know, anything outside of just bumps and bruises, which we know that, you know, having the little time off they had, you know, should heal all that stuff. Not everything, but um, should make a lot of guys feel a lot better, um, you know, so. Do you, do you think if Rocket does come back and play, could you, could you compare it to last year's basketball, Nick Smith? He went off and got rehab somewhere else, came back. But for Rocket's future, do you think it's important for him to show that he can come back and he's healthy and can play? Yeah, and maybe that's part of the the factor with it too. You know, when you're talking knee injuries and it's you know it's not it's not ACL, then you know usually it it seems like six weeks is kind of the number that you always hear pop up, and so that's uh, you know I'm I'm. I know that when he went back out at practice and he missed, well, it's been so long ago, what was, what was the first game he missed? Yeah, he was missed like miss? two. He missed a, well, the first game he missed was the Kent State game, right? Right, right. But when he came after he came back. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And then he yeah. missed some time. Um, right. I felt like he had tweaked his knee uh, the Tuesday of that week. And so, you know, however long that's been since he's been back out there, it might be about the same amount of time as the first time he missed time. You're right. Okay, well, Paul's got a question for you. So, Paul, welcome to Drive Time Sports. Yeah, thank you. I want to, I want to go off, Trey, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Uh, I'll see what you think about this. I'm I'm not so much upset at uh, Sam Pittman as I am uh, Hunter Juracek. You think about it. As this investor says, nobody gets fired for uh, buying IBM, talking about the traders. Well, what has Hunter Juracek done? This is what, and you follow me, regular season. But he says that basically you couldn't find another coach except for Sam Pittman. I find that extremely hard to believe when they're paying $3 million a year. He may have looked out his window, talked to a few agents, and couldn't find anyone else. I'm not talking bad about Sam Pittman because that's, that's who we've got. He's doing as good as he can. But, the first year he goes four and eight. Well, he's he inherited a train wreck. What do you expect? The very next year they go eight and four regular season. Okay, that means he's twelve and twelve. What does the athletic director do? Raise him to five million dollars a year. He says to lock him up so, so so nobody else can get him. First of all, Pittman's already said this is his last job. Second of all. Who was trying to get him? I don't understand that. Now, third year, six and six, but we're paying him $5 million a year. I've got a problem with the athletic director. I would like to see what you think about that. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm anywhere off, and I'm not bad now than Pittman, but uh, I think we're well, off a little. He's making he's making six point three, I believe. So you're off a little yeah. bit there. Sorry about <laughs> that. That's, that's all right. But I would I would say this. Is there anybody that in their wildest dreams can imagine that no coach is, would be available at $3 million a year when it, when Pittman was hired? It doesn't make well, sense. Right. As far, as far as sitting head coaches, people that, you know, had jobs that people that Razorback fans would say, this guy, you know, this guy is a up-and-comer, you know, young up-and-comer, big-time coach, all this stuff. Um it just wasn't happening, and I covered the coaching search. It's one of many I've covered, and it was 
I mean, one guy after another. Like Eli Drinkwitz turned down Arkansas to go to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. he's he's from Alma. You know, it, it right. just was not happening. There were coaches that, um, you know, said they wouldn't touch the job with a 10-foot pole. Uh, you know, Arkansas yep. was back-to-back two-win season. You know, Chad Morris is Jimmy Sexton guy, too. And really, the Arkansas job just completely destroyed Chad Morris's career. Now, I would say that was Chad Morris, not Arkansas. And But that's a problem that a lot of people conflated with the job is that Arkansas is a problem. Arkansas is a problem in the SEC. And, yeah, they ran into a lot of issues. It came down to looking like Barry Lunny Jr. or Sam Pittman. And, you know, they even interviewed Deion Sanders, but Deion Sanders was a little bit too far-fetched at the time because he hadn't even been the coach at Jackson State yet. He had no head coaching experience. But it was an issue. Now, if you want to talk about Hunter Juracek and being able to hire, he did go out and hire Eric Musselman, who was viewed as a, you know, a hot uh, you know, prospect as a coach, and you know, it's hired well in other jobs. But I'm just telling you, throughout this coaching search, Lane Kiffin drops. Lane Kiffin drops off. You know, it was just one guy after another. And so, when it came down to Sam Pittman, um, you know, that he was viewed as a guy who was a cultural fit, who really desperately wanted the job. And three million dollars isn't like a high stakes. Uh, coaching hire this day, this day and age, you know, at six million, six point three, Sam Pittman is twenty fourth uh, in the country in terms of uh, his salary. Um, now, what you run into with year two under Pittman, uh, you know, he was coming off a nine win season, which, by the way, is the best season that Arkansas has had in ten years. Um, you know, with with several other coaches, so. When you hit year two, this is just the way college football works. I'm not saying it's right, but when you hit year two, you either get fired or extended. You either get fi- hired or excuse me, ext- uh, fired or extended, and that's the way it is, just period, throughout college. Yeah. Well, that goes. And, well, that goes um, so that's not so much court. like a hundred year check saying I got to go out and protect this guy. It's, you know, we're going to pay this guy, you know, fair market value, and it's year two, and you do it. You know, you always, you always, you always, you know, want to have like four years on your your coach's salary. So when, when you get to, like, I mean, in theory, after this year, he'll be, be fired or extended, in theory. Yeah. But you know, we run into that. Um, people objecting to that. You know, we ran into it under Bielema. Uh, we ran into it when Nutt would get those deals, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast in college football. Um, Sam Pittman's not even close to one of the highest-paid coaches in the SEC. At six oh, no, point, I know it sounds like a lot. It is. is that goes back to what I was saying about they're all doing the same thing, and look at where it's got them. It, yeah, well, the they're doing the same thing. They're out of control everywhere. They're out of control. Everywhere. They are. It, it's, it's out of it's control. Yeah. These this coaches is a are two million dollar budget. Yeah, these coaches are celebrities. Anyway. Yeah, these coaches yeah, are celebrities. They are. They're yeah. movie stars, and movie stars make millions and millions of dollars. That's just how society is now. Uh, I can remember. Yeah. I can remember when Nick Saban was the first two million dollar coach. I remember Houston Nutt. You know when he made I think a million dollars finally, and that was a huge deal. Uh, but the times have changed. 
games are have gone from two and a half hours long to three and a half hours long because of commercials to pay for all this kind of stuff. You know, everything has increased in price. But you have to think about you can't just think about it like six million dollars. That's ridiculous. You have to you know put it in relative terms to you know what else is going on in college football. But just to answer your questions, yeah, I, I did cover the coaching search, and I mean it felt like they were running into one wall after another. And Jimmy Sexton's the guy pulling the strings, who again is uh, you know represented Chad Morris. I don't know if he does now, but he did. Um, oh yeah. And he's the guy pulling the strings behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, that was well. That's know. my point exactly. Uh, Hunter Yurichek looked out there and he called Jimmy Sexton and a few other agents instead of looking himself because we've got to hire somebody today and uh, oh well I, I was, and I, it sounds like i'm talking well, it was about a long coaching search i mean right. i remember when lane Relative kiffin to, when yeah. the tide right, turned Paul, with lane thank kiffin you. thank you um i thought i could get out for a christmas party and i mean that just tells you how deep into the coaching search we were <laughs> but I, I thought i thought i could get out for a christmas party and uh you know had to leave uh, because of that but it was uh it was that was a long coaching search it really was and uh, it produced Sam Pittman who again at the time one, there was a moment where um, Sam Pittman was going to change the way that people hired coaches you guys remember that mm-hmm. what a cultural yeah. fit Sam yeah. Pittman yeah. was yeah. and no, right. maybe you don't need to go out and get a, a hot yeah. shot offensive yeah. coordinator maybe you should go out and get a line coach who you know has managed 20 players who manages more players than anybody else. Maybe that's the secret sauce to hiring a coach. And, um, you know, again, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I can remember after the Texas game when Arkansas won, everybody stormed the field and stuff. And I remember thinking about Scott Frost at Nebraska, big-time home run hire, you know, the big splash hire in college football, and didn't work out. Brett Bielema, for people who may not remember – he was viewed as the biggest hire in college football that year. Yeah, like right. every every ranking, every list you saw, it was Brett Bielema, not Gus Malzahn. Brett Bielema was the top guy, and obviously didn't work out. So you you just never know when when things you know work out and when they don't. And you know sometimes there's a lot of other factors. Sometimes it's having a hot shot quarterback. You have a great quarterback, and that can you know turn your career around. Um, there's all kinds of factors like that. So, um, you know, there's a lot with Sam Pittman. This is a big month for him, and I don't think I'm breaking any news with that. And, you know, the questions I think among fans are, how many games does Arkansas need to win if Sam Pittman's to be retained or fired? Is it – I don't think it's one game. <laughs> you know, I don't think three and nine is going to keep him here. Um, is it two? How do they lose the other two games? Are they cl- are they close? Is it three? I think three. Maybe you're talking a lot more realistic. Four, I think definitely. But you know, um, there's a lot of questions. I think about what is the number that Arkansas needs to get to. And I, I've said this, you know, for a couple weeks now. No matter how you feel about it right now, you can't replicate how you're going to feel about it when you're in it. Whether it's losses or wins, you just can't. You can't. It's hard to put yourself in that in that situation, and you know I think about also like what are the there's plenty of reasons to fire Sam Pittman, and they're all very tangible based on you know how this season has gone. Now what's the what's the what are the reasons to keep him? 
well, some of those are, you know, more intangible. They're, they're more hypothetical. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I look at the recruiting class. It's a really strong recruiting class, especially at the top. I look at the potential for the defense. We've gone over the opportunity for all those guys to come back. Sam Pittman's fired. I mean, Rick, you've been doing this longer. Ray, you guys have been doing this longer than I have. But I, as far back as I can remember, I, I, it feels like every coach holds on to yeah. one, maybe two coaches from the previous staff. I've never seen a coordinator held over, though. No, if you guys, no, I don't, I don't no, think that's ever happened. That no. So that's almost certainly going to be, you know, Travis Williams, Marcus Woodson, Deke Adams, Darren Wilson, they'll all be gone. Um, so you finally got the defense in order, and you messed up, you know, really. You, you made the wrong coordinator hire, and, you know, Dan Enos was fired uh, justifiably. This was the worst offensive performance that Arkansas has had, in my opinion, um, you know, when you factor the quality of opponent, I'm not talking about, you know, Georgia and Alabama at their peaks, but when you factor in the quality of opponent, this is the worst one in Fayetteville since. When do you guys think? What do you guys think? Citadel. Worst offensive yeah. performance since the Citadel yeah. in Fayetteville. There have been, they they been some low scoring ones, but that, there that's have. the worst. They lost yeah. to Memphis 6 0. Yeah. That was in Little Rock, though. Yeah. Um, Auburn 9 7. You know, yeah. They lost to. You know, South Carolina 52-7 to or something yeah, like that in right. Fayetteville, but that was a 10-win South Carolina team. This was a, right. you know, this was a, a Mississippi State team that was winless in the SEC when Arkansas but, faced but, them. So when Trey, okay, you have I'm, to go I'm back gonna, 30. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there, Trey, because we're going to yeah. have to play 20 questions to get all these people in. So uh, okay. <laughs> we'll have plenty of time to talk about Sam Pippen. Let's go to Rick in East Arkansas. You're on. Hey, it's good to talk to you all today. I, I know everything is kind of negative. And, uh, hey, can you hear me? We can hear you, Rick, and we're going to ask you to ask your question quickly because I've got several live fan feedback oh, questions I'm, for I'm Je- so, so you you go hey, right ahead. Go right ahead. It's better than Morris. I've been watching the Hawks since 1969. Yeah. Pittman is better than Morris. Give him another year, please. Well, it's going to be a good year. Let's let's not just say, like, this guy's better (laughs) than Chad Morris, so keep him. (laughs) That can't be the standard. That cannot be the standard. Chad Morris and Otis (laughs) Douglas are the two worst ever in Arkansas history. And I never have a losing record for I went to be a principal at Bryant. And, uh, hey, Sam Pittman is better than Morris. Okay, well, Rick, we got, we got, we got, that, that's not to we debate. Got, we got your vote for chat for he's better than Chad Morris. Let's go to, <laughs> let's go to LC in Sherwood. Hi, LC. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. You know, a couple of years ago when we went nine and four, Sam was hanging by his fingernails on a couple of those games. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could have gone either way. And, but to put any hate on Hunter right now, I mean, he is yeah. not the problem. I mean, he is giving everything right now for Sam to do what he can to hang on. Totally and agree. I just think that, you know, the last guy was way off base. But love you, Trey. Thank you, man. Okay, thanks for calling. Okay, here's some questions for you, Trey. Okay. Uh, first of all, now we're going to change subject totally here uh, because this is from Casey who says, please ask Trey what you think about the absolutely loaded basketball team. Loved it. Loved the game. I mean, I, I – it was love the ending, everything about it, and I don't even know where to start with who should start. 
I mean, you could go so many different directions, but, man, I mean, Califf Battle or Devo Davis and, you know, love seeing Layden Blocker. I thought he looked great. L. Ellis, Tremont Market in that big shot, Jeremiah mm. Davenport, How about Chandler Brazil? Lawson. I mean. Travel Brazil. Travon Brazil. Travon Brazil. And Mekhi Mitchell didn't have a great game. Neither did Devo, but. You know, you know they will. You know how strong Devo is, a lockdown defender. But man, they they were better. Like Purdue's got you know basically their team back from last year, and Arkansas is building. At, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun year, and it's a great schedule. And Arkansas has got the team to play it. So, very excited about basketball. Okay, Piggy Small says, if someone had told you before the year that Rocket Sanders would have less than a hundred yards rushing, two thirds in the season, what would you have said? I would say he must have got injured in the first game. Okay, very good. All right, here's from uh, Marty. <laughs> knocked from, out for the year. <laughs> here's Marty from St. Simons Island. So, Trey, you were talking about uh, why was Arkansas so hard, hard to hire for? Yeah. Well, it was, it was the situation. Like, I think a lot of people viewed the Arkansas job as the problem and not – Chad Morris or Brett Bielema and kind of viewed it as what I was hearing was Arkansas is the place where coaches go to die. That was kind of the narrative that we were hearing throughout college football and I think a lot of it because of Arkansas's proximity to talent because everything else is there. It's just they're right not they're not right next to Dallas and right not right next to Atlanta. And but transfer portal NIL that can change everything for Arkansas. Way to go Trey, you answered several. We still had more. All we'll right. be back on Drive Time Sports. Thanks Trey.